0: all right welcome everyone to the coach's box thank you for stepping into the coach's box i'm your host coach jp3 joined this evening by the real coach k coach natty t and the return of coach wake up welcome back brother
1: thank you man thank you what's up fellas how is everybody doing
2: we good
3: man good
1: good Good. Good. Good to see y'all good to see y'all
2: yes sir likewise
1: So let's get right, let's get right to it, man. I want to hear sports and nothing but sports for the next hour and <laughs> right, but that's what we're here for. Let's,
0: let's go ahead and dive in it. We'll go ahead and lead off with a little bit of a little bit of soccer. Coach Natty T. I, I know you all heard about Lionel Messi leaving Barcelona FC after all this time and all the back and forth that has been out there about that. Coach Natty T, can you help us sort out this messiness, if you will?
2: i like I like what you did as there a, as a bar yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Double, <laughs> yeah, so this you know definitely wasn't part of the original agenda, but after that news yesterday, I had to share my thoughts on it so um let me go here first from Barcelona's perspective, I'm calling pure b s mm-hmm. this is why so as most people know, this was This last season was uh, Lionel Messi's last year of his contract. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of tension between him and management. Um, They actually, like, got rid of the president just for Messi because him and the president didn't go along. So they got rid of him at the beginning of the season. Um, Brought in uh, Juan Laporta, who's the president now. And they went through the whole season. Then in May... They had a verbal agreement basically saying, you know, um, you know, Messi was willing to come back and he had agreed to a five-year deal verbally. Right. So this was before the like, Copa Americas that we were talking about, before the Euro tournament that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. Then literally like, th- like Thursday afternoon, there were some reports coming out of Barcelona that, oh, there's, some breakdowns in the talks or whatever. And then a few hours later, the news breaks, which was basically like a nuclear bomb on the soccer world. Um the reason why I'm calling BS on this, particularly from Barcelona's end, is because I think it's a very how do I don't want to say this? It's a ballsy move on their part to try to keep this whole super league nonsense alive. Right. Why do I say that? Because I listened to the press conference today. And, side note, I am relearning my French and I was watching it on the French news channel and they were actually translating his Spanish and French. And I actually followed everything and understood what they were saying. I was like, holy crap! Nice. Getting it. But, side note, um. <laughs> <laughs> When (laughs) Leopold spoke, who's the president of Barcelona, he didn't mention anything about the negotiations. He kept talking about, oh, well, you know, the financial fair play rules are tough. And La Liga, which is the Spanish league, you know, their salary cap leagues are tough. He didn't mention anything about the actual negotiation. So that's telling me that he's blaming the structure of the league as to why they can't bring Lionel Messi back because the timing doesn't make any sense because you knew what the league rules are in terms of the financial fair play requirements. Right. You knew this four months ago. So why would you offer a man a contract verbally or written mm-hmm. or, when you know, or when you know that's not going to fit within the framework of the financial fair play rules that makes no sense to me sure. then all of a sudden now you're saying oh yeah we just couldn't make it work what do you mean you just couldn't make it work you offered the man the contract right Messi didn't come to you and say this is my number you came to him and said hey we want to offer you this amount of money for this amount of years he said okay cool So to me, again, it's a whole ploy for this whole Super League thing because they want to basically blame the Spanish League for allowing the best player in the world to basically walk away from the league.
0: Right. Because he was going to leave for nothing, right?
2: Well, so when your contract is up, um, there's normally like a transfer fee if you want to leave. (laughs) within your contract so you know some of those numbers that you guys may hear where you know a guy leaves and there's like this 100 million euro fee or 80 million euros or whatever that's just like the transfer fee that a club will pay another club for a player just to get them out of their contract so when you're at the end of your contract you can basically leave on a free transfer because your contract's up uh-huh. so you know the reports are swirling around that PSG. That's why I wear my PSG jersey because they're going to offer him a three year contract. So I would love to see him at PSG. Wow. That would be fantastic. You basically would have Neymar, who gets on my last nerves, (laughs) Killian Mbappe and Messi as your three forwards. So that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, And realistically, PSG and Manchester City. In England, they're the only two clubs that can really afford his wages. Either way, right? If he's gonna move, it's it's gonna be one of those two clubs. But again, I I just I think the whole thing is just pure BS, and I think it's a very bold move on Barcelona's part to try to keep this whole European Super League alive, because they're just gonna basically say, oh, well, the reason why we couldn't sign them is because of the league structure. It wasn't our fault; it was their fault. And like, I'm seeing right through that.
0: Who's going to fall? Who at the decision-making table is going to fall for that?
2: So that's, this is going to be the, the second fallout because now that is announced that Messi is leaving, there are certain players who have signed on this season to play with Messi, basically. Obviously to play for Barcelona, but to play with Messi. But now they've already, like, telling their lawyers, like, get me out of this contract right now. <laughs> Like, if Messi's not there, I'm not playing for Barcelona with no Messi there. Like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. So, to me, I think it's going to backfire. But I think that's the move that they're trying to do. Gotcha. Man. So, again, I'm calling BS on Barcelona.
0: (coughs) But... You know, not, it sounds fishy on Barcelona's end. That's
2: what I'm saying. Like, how are you going to offer a man a contract four months ago, knowing what the financial fair play rules are? And essentially, what they are, because in, in the European soccer world, without going too specific into it, like, essentially, each club has to balance their books every three years. Mm-hmm. So like when they have their financial people come in, you basically have to show that you can balance your book. So you can't be in the negative and you can't, you can be in the positive, but you just can't be in the negative. So if you, you can have like this crazy unlimited, you know, payment for players, right. but you have to manage it to where, okay, at a certain time we have to sell this player or, you know, we're going to buy this player and sell this player. So it evens out. At that three-year mark, so you don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, as you know, some of you may have known when this was in the fall of last year, when it was leaked of Lionel Messi's contract. So he had the six hundred seventy-four million dollars over four, four years. Oh That's what his contract Can imagine? was. Imagine,
3: yeah.
0: You imagine that much money in four. Oh my gosh!
2: That was over four years. So it's, it's roughly about what 168.5 million, if my math is right,
3: mm.
2: per year. And I and here is the other slick part: I think Barcelona was the ones that leaked it. Because mm. it was well, public,
4: right?
2: Exactly. And then a few months after that, that's when that whole Super League announcement came out. And then the whole argument is, oh. Where the clubs, you know, we're broke. We don't have enough money. I mean, look how much money we're spending the players. But we didn't release his contract information though.
0: BS. Yeah. BS. Because they're the only one that has something to gain from the they're from the only ones that
2: have be. something to gain.
0: Man, <clears> these
2: <throat> that's crazy. Oh. That's crazy. But that's the thing though, like they because <laughs> the thing even going back to the whole Super League thing. It's not that it couldn't have worked, but they didn't sell it right. Mm-hmm. Like they try to kind of bully their way and try to manipulate the facts, but it was just a it was it was just a dumb move on their part.
3: Yeah.
0: It really was. And we'll see how this all pans out, and oh, we will has, see. Picks them him up. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
2: Oh, we we will see. Yeah. We will see. But I, I'll be remiss if I didn't give my comments on that because, again, Barcelona is like they just playing some real games, and I see right through it. Y'all are not fooling me. Not here
0: on the coach's box, you ain't. No. Not, not. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. I can't wait to see the outcome of that situation.
2: Oh, yeah. It's going to be because, yeah, once it's official that he leaves, like I'm telling you, there's going to be other players that's going to be like, get me out of here.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's going to start a whole new trend.
2: <laughs> well, the thing is, like Barcelona is going to end up being I mean, they're a legendary club. I mean, they're like equivalent to like the Lakers or mm-hmm. Yankees like that. They're like that type of. You know on that type of level in european soccer so you know playing those type of games man
0: not good not good at all Fallout for sure yeah well more to come on that we're going to bounce around here a little bit so we just had a little soccer talk and i'm going to jump into the olympics and there's a lot to tackle here but we're just going to highlight some of our overall reactions to the 2020 games uh you know positives, negatives what surprised us uh and i'll just mention a few things here quickly uh usa wrestling teams like that was super dope to see uh you know us, us get the the gold on the men's and women's side of that and they're both be black people too like wrestling you know yeah, so that that was really dope and including the first i think first black female to win the the gold medal in wrestling so that was that was super dope uh You know, our volleyball teams are doing well. I know the men lost to Argentina, uh, but the women are still going strong uh, for the United States. Uh, I would say the addition of like the X Games sports, and I talked about this a little bit this last last week, seeing skateboarding and stuff integrated into the Olympics, uh, I think is awesome because for so long, we just have seen that as, oh, this is just something that America does and that seeing people around the world really be, you know, showing off their talents there and being very competitive. It was a nice addition. It was very fun to watch personally. Uh, Jamaica track does it again. I it, it just never fails. And I, I put a joke in our group chat, and I was like, I, you know, is, is Jamaica gonna do the clean sweep this year again? You know, and and they they dominated. They they dominated. I know that brought up a lot of different conversations um, about whether um you know usa track could have kept up where with, with, with um with jamaica anyway like and i yeah i don't i don't think it would have mattered um you know i think coach knight you said potentially maybe a, a a a bronze medal for the u.s
2: for <laughs> for yeah for Shikari,
0: yeah for i Shikari, mean yeah at best at bronze. best yeah but i i don't see her beating those times that the that the jamaica runners put up um
3: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one of the things I, I saw that, was, that was, pretty, was pretty cool was a um, uh, Chinese uh, diver, uh, 14-year-old Quan Hong, Hongshan, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, but is the second youngest diver to, to win the gold medal, uh, and, and actually China has the youngest person who was 13. Uh, so, they have the two youngest people ever to win that. So, I just couldn't imagine at 14 years, like, what was I doing with my life at 14 years old? You know what I'm saying? I was trying to get these Air Force Ones off. I was trying to get this, this jean jacket outfit and, 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 and get through, try to figure out how to navigate high school and stuff like that around that age, you know? And, and, and she's out here getting medals, gold medals for the country. So, that's super dope to me. Uh, and Katie Ledecky, like, I just never seen someone single handedly just dominate a sport and then have records. Like, so for those who don't know, Katie Ledecky's on the uh, USA swim, swimming team, and she does the 800 meter freestyle, right? She holds the number one record all the way through the number 23 record. So you have, like, I've never heard of something like that before, for someone to have the top 23 scores in a sport. That's like when you go to the arcade, and you try and get the high score and you see that same, the same cat's name up there the whole time. And it's like, man, they really, they really beasted. I gotta, I gotta, you know, even if I'm in ninth place, I still gotta beat them because they still have the top eight spots. That's Katie Ledecky in real life in swimming. Like that's amazing to me. So those were some of my takeaways amongst the other great things that are happening and uh, <clears throat> happened throughout the Olympics. Uh, so I'm going to throw it over, um, uh to you, uh Coach K, what do you got as far as your takeaways for the Olympics?
4: Um, uh it's it's been kind of cool. Like you had already mentioned the um like extreme sports edition. Um and uh one thing I, I didn't really know too much about was like uh in Japan, I guess like skateboarding is kind of frowned upon. Uh, so like if you skateboard, you kinda of like look down upon well, uh, Sky Brown won bronze for Japan. So mm-hmm. like she so I hope I'd be kind of cool to see if that like kind of helps like change the culture a little bit. Um, as far as that, um, the the ups and downs of like U.S. basketball have <laughs> have been far more interesting than the NBA Finals. Uh, I mean, we we've had some great basketball in the in the, uh, in, the uh, in the Olympics, and far to me at it's, least, it's far more competitive. So. Um you know, we we've already set our piece about the NBA finals. So
3: um,
4: <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say too much about it, but you know, the whole uh I mean maybe it's another topic for another day, but like Simone Biles, you know, mm-hmm. is, is dropping out of the competition, dropping out of the Olympics and then comes back to win, you know, bronze. Yeah. Um, you man. know, an event that's not really her event, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's it's just, I don't know, man, It's it's been, it's been good to have something to kind of like, you know, uh, take our mind, something other than like, you know, the NBA in the bubble to kind of like <laughs> to take our minds off of, uh, you know, what's going on in the world. So, yeah. Um, oh, uh, Italy uh, winning, um, winning their first gold medal, um, in the 100 meter, 100 meter. Oh yeah. That was good. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, was it Marcel, uh, Marcel, yeah. Marcel Jacobs,
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and he's black. So yep. like, yeah. So that, that was a cool story. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I guess the other thing too is, uh, us is winning. So we've got like, not, I guess, we're not winning as far as gold medals, but we have 99 um gold uh medals total. And I think the clo- the closest country is like I think China with like 79. Mm. So okay. Those, yeah. Yeah, those have been my takeaways. I um I'll I'll definitely I'm glad we we got the Olympics. I think I'll be more excited for like you know, when twenty twenty four rolls around, mm-hmm. um, just because I think that'll be, uh, I don't know.
3: You think it'll be even time, better?
4: I I think I think it'll be even better. Um, it, it's nice to have it, but uh, it does feel like there's there was just like so much packed into like, you know, yeah, NBA Finals and the Olympics going on at the same time. You know, it's, it, it can be a little too much at times, but. There, I mean, there's just so much, like, happening at once. I mean, you've got um, – you know, we had the finals, free agency, uh, you know, the draft, um, soccer. Like, it, it was just a lot. I'm very appreciative of it, but, you know,
0: it's a lot to take in. So we went from no sports to like everything happening <laughs> like, very quickly. Yeah,
4: I know. I know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very appreciative of it. So um I, I have nothing bad to say.
0: Oh, good takeaways. Coach Natty T what you got for us. All right.
2: Well bear with
0: me here. Oh, oh. here we
2: go. Here we
0: go. Here we go.
2: <laughs> so y'all know. And, you know, our our listeners, they know, you know, my parents are Jamaican. So, like, it's in my blood to like track and field, (laughs) more specifically track. So I got to most of mine are are track centric. So um, I'll go positive first. Um, So you already mentioned it. Jamaican women. I mean, it amazes me that a country that has 3 million people in it, roughly, that's the population of Chicago, <laughs> can dominate track and field the way they do. That is just unbelievable. I don't understand it. And cause the, the interesting thing is like, we see other, you know, mostly black nations, I'll name like Ghana, I'll game, you know, Nigeria, Mm-hmm. Um Côte d'Ivoire or the Ivory Coach, however you want to say it, Cameroon. I mean, all these other countries. And all us black people are from pretty much there originally, right? But they suck at track. I don't understand it. Jamaica, <laughs> who's way smaller, can just pump out these sprinting superstars. I don't, it's it's amazing. I I I don't know how they do it. But um so the Jamaican women, specifically Elaine Thompson, hurrah.
0: I mean yeah, she's a
2: freaking machine. Yeah. Um the other performance that I was probably most impressed with was Cindy McLaughlin. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. That's a good one.
2: Because like that's Usain boat level stuff, what she did, because she broke her own world record by half a second yeah that's absurd (laughs) and what's crazy is even in that race the little muhammad she broke sydney's well the current record that sydney had before sydney actually broke it Mm -hmm. so i i mean that was just unbelievable and i think it's a big win for her approach and I, I'm not going to take a shot at anybody. I'm just saying this. Because she she's 21. And then what she did was, because they asked her, you know, how did she prepare? And, you know, what made her kind of lock in and focus in? She said, well, I cut my social media off. like, hmm. Mm. Interesting thought. Yeah. <laughs> And she said, well, she has um, like her pastor, but like pastor is basically like her therapist as well. She said she was going through like mental health therapy as well while she was preparing for the Olympics. Huh.
3: That's an interesting Uh thought. Uh
2: Uh Not only did she break her own world record, she did it twice. She broke the world record in the Olympic trials a month ago. Then she comes back and breaks her own world record by a half a second in the finals, and wins a gold medal. Hmm, just an interesting thought. I just had to throw that out.
0: There.
2: I don't want I, I to. Wanna... I know where
0: you go with this, Daddy. I know where you go with this. I'm just saying.
2: So surprises, and I'm going. I'm going to Italy, um, and it's Lamont Jacobs. That's his name. So um, for Italy, winning 100, and like I said, I, and I said this in the group text, like. The world is upside down when a black man named Lamont from Italy <laughs> was the contributor. <100-meter-fuckers. laughs> I was like, what am I watching? But it was amazing to see. Also, I'm going to say it again I want to take no shots at nobody, but he's another example because while preparing for the Olympics, he had a, a sports psychologist as well. And they asked him, like, how would you prepare to run so fast? Said, well, you know, along with me training physically, I have a sports psychologist. And she said, you know what? You know why you're not running to your optimum level? So like, you need to reconcile your relationship with your father because you're running too tense. And it goes back to that. Sure. And he had to dig deep and do that to kind of release that extra tension out of his body. Boom, he wins a gold medal. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I digress. We had this conversation last week, coaching. Yeah. <laughs> but I digress. Um, oh. And then Italy went into four by 100. That was an amazing race as well. This is going to lead me into my negatives. Uh oh. The U.S. men's track. I don't know what the in God's name are y'all doing. One, like that baton pass. The first baton pass was one of the worst I've ever seen, and they have some of the worst that we've ever seen in the history of four by one meter, four by one hundred meter track baton passes. Yeah, like they haven't meddled. Not like one. They haven't meddled in the four by one hundred relay race since two thousand four. This is wow. the United States. That is absolutely atrocious.
0: Didn't they get disqualified last Olympics? because They got disqualified last Olympics. They didn't hand off in the right spot. They yeah. they,
2: the man dropped yeah. the baton.
0: Yeah. Too bad.
2: I mean, like, are we serious? Like, then they had the fastest time up to that point. hmm the third fastest and the fifth fastest times in the hundred meters in the world, you can't even get to the finals. Man, I, that's, that's just trash. I'm sorry. I know it's supposed to be, I know it's supposed to be positive and they're Olympians and all that, but that's just, that's garbage. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, then the other negative I think from the games was the overall coverage. So I don't know if it was the specific, like, announcers or what, but some of them was just really giving some bad commentary. Oh, yes. So, like, for example, we talked about Simone Biles in, in in the gymnastics part. So I don't know what I'm watching. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see Simone get up there before she, you know, before she had to, you know, take a break. You know, the the girl... You know, runs literally flips in the air three times, lands, and like, you know, I understand like you have to land kind of you know perfectly, but like she takes one step back and here when the announcers, oh, that was bad. Oh my gosh. Oh I don't know. Oh. But then I look at her score, and then if you notice, like they have like a difficulty score, and then you have like the actual score and then like penalties. For, so her difficulty, and it's on a scale 1 to 10, her difficulty is like <clears throat> in the nines, uh-huh. and, and they usually score it like, you know, you know like nines or eight. And then she has her score. Then the next chick comes up. And again, I, I'm not a good at gymnastics, but the girl does a cartwheel and then lands perfectly. And they're like, oh my gosh, she really <laughs> killed that one. I was like, what? What am I watching? Like, you guys need to break this down in layman terms. Like, this is... <clears> and <throat> then her difficulty score that does the cartwheel, the difficulty score is like a five, but mm-hmm. then she has a higher score than Simone. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. How? How? How, are we- How
3: that, that,
0: I... It- it's funny you mentioned that, bro, because I... So, my girlfriend and I were watching the, the synchronized diving. That yeah. Was and like so i okay full disclosure don't know what the training looks like but i know what it i know i don't know everything that it should look like when it's done but i can tell the difference between diving teams
2: right 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 right, right, right.
0: i mean how they splash into the water <laughs> right formation when they do it uh, are there toes over the board? Is one toes over the board and the other one's not? Like, that stuff matters. I get that. But some of the commentary on that, I'm like, they're like, ooh, that's not going to get them with any. I'm like, dude, they just did the same thing that the last group did. <laughs> that's like, what are we talking about here? How they get such a – and my girlfriend actually pointed it out. She was like, how, how did they get a lower score than the other people? Like, I don't understand. I, was like, I
2: don't get it. I don't get it. And the thing is, that may be like the right score, but you know, I, I think to me, it kind of showed the value of of good announcers because yeah. I think we do take it for granted. Because you know, watching it again, like it, it's, and I understand it. It is a tough job because you have to be like very specific, but break it down in layman's terms, but not be too overly wordy and technical. <laughs> Right. So it's a very diff- it's a very difficult, nuanced thing to do. So I understand that, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't know. Y'all need to find somebody else. Man, yes. I, tell I, I just, me, just,
0: tell me why that was trash. Then, if it's trash, yeah. tell me why. Because it looks great to me.
2: Yeah. I, that's. I mean. I, you know, I I don't know. So that that was a negative to me. um overall with the games i know you know snoop and kevin hart had their had their show which brought some some good comedy (laughs) towards (laughs) the whole games which was great so i thought that was a good move on their part but you know overall i just thought you know some of the commentary on some of the other sports like that we don't normally watch on a normal basis you know Mm -hmm. um i you know i just thought i thought the commentary was a bit off to me
4: it was it (laughs) was you're not yeah yeah
2: so that's my, you know, negatives, positives, surprises, neutral comments, all that good stuff. Right. Like.
0: Dang. Coach Laker, did you have a favorite moment? Uh, I know you you were watching Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart's commentary to keep up with things. Did you have a favorite <laughs> moment from that?
2: <laughs> I know one off the top of my head that was fantastic. and I can't believe they let him say it.
1: What, well, we when the horse was crib walking? Yeah. <laughs> Dog. I guess I'm <laughs> I'm curious to know what the thought process was because Snoop has kind of been diversifying his portfolio in quarantine, you know, know, commentating fights and, you know, from that going viral has kind of put him in some different positions. So for the Olympics, which is a really uh, prestigious, uh, you know, ceremony, event, you know, what have you, to bring in Snoop Dogg, (laughs) <laughs> and you said it, Natty, in the in the group chat. It's like, yo, if we're bringing Snoop in, we know what we're getting. <laughs> you know? So I'm curious. And I guess maybe it's a ratings thing because I did see, I think when they said ratings are down like 45% for the Olympics. Oh. Like pretty drastic. I think in those things, you also have to consider that people just aren't watching TV altogether. That there's just a general decrease in that and how people are consuming uh, you know, media or whatever, but, you know, 45 is still pretty consistent, so they, they, I'm assuming that they anticipated, and they said, let's try and, you know, do some hip, and with that, you know, I don't know, I love it, but at the same time, it's just kind of weird for the Olympics to bring in Snoop and Kevin Hart, it kind of like eliminates, because I imagine, again, the, the Olympics to bring some prestige and some honor, and there's a certain way that the Olympics carry themselves, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, I don't know if Snoop and Kevin Hart fit into that, you know, into how they carry themselves. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about, and maybe this will help in our transition. Um, men's basketball.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So they lost two games, right? Was it two or, or one? They lost two, right?
2: Well, they well they lost two in like the the warmups in Vegas, and then they yeah. lost their first. Like the group stage match to France, and when the official game started,
1: right? Okay, and they're about yeah. to, and then from that they they found they found their rhythm, which I I, but I noticed what their rhythm is. They're implementing uh, an offense similar to uh, the Bel Air Academy, <laughs> with the Bel Air Academy offense, and that is give the ball to Will and get out of the way, and in this case, Will Smith is Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant's just been playing ISO and just destroying whoever's in front of him because you can't guard Kevin Durant. He's mm-hmm. unguardable. Um, I'm glad he's getting his reps up, but how do y'all? I guess I guess my question is, how do y'all feel about that? It's been real quiet. There's a lot of slander when they were losing. Now, once they found their rhythm, I don't hear anybody talk about the fact that they're in the gold medal game. You know how do you how do you guys feel about the uh, how the team is going and? You know, do you expect them to win the medal? I'll go
2: first. <laughs> <laughs> please, 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 So I, I have been, wa- I've watched, I watched the first game against France. I watched the last game against Australia. And I watched the, not the one against Iran, the one against um, with the Czech Republic. So, I totally agree with what you said, Coach. Wake up. Um, I, I just pretty much see ISO and hope for the best. Now, you don't have to hope a lot when you have Kevin Durant. So, that's good. Um, <laughs> what jumps out at me about when I watch them play? To me, it we're going to talk about our you know our list a little bit later but it really shows it solidifies who's on that list and who's not on that list
3: for me mm-hmm.
2: I'll mention guys like Jason Tatum <laughs> like you know people you know he he puts up some good numbers and this sort of thing and that sort of thing but i think what jumps out at me is that there's such a gap between him and a guy like Kevin Durant that it's, it's a bit shocking. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what kind of jumped out at me. because I was like, yo, like Kevin Durant is like way better than a guy like Jason Tatum or even uh, Zach Levine. And um, I want to give a lot of credit to middleton um drew holiday and Devin booker you know basically just coming off the plane and yes want mm. to go play so like yes. i'm not gonna be too hard on them because i mean just them showing up shows a lot mm. so, um but that does that does take me to the other part with them watching them i think the two best players in this tournament for the u.s has been kevin Durant and drew holiday mm. Cause he's been playing fantastic. And I think he brought like a defensive edge and energy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think the other problem is, this is my last point. I think the other problem is with what coach, what Popovich was doing. I think he tried to use the coach K formula for the past three Olympics. And really what they did in the past three Olympics, they basically just got after you on defense. Like they would like full court press, Spain, Argentina, all them teams, and they couldn't even get the ball across half court a lot of times, and then they were just off on this fast break. Where this team is just pretty much straight up offense. So they kind of needed that somebody to kind of just take the reins defensively and just kind of be like, "All right, guys, like we're gonna lock this team up," and that's what Drew Holiday did. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on USA basketball um and i do expect them to win tonight um if they don't it'll be very interesting to see what the fallout is but i do expect them more.
0: yeah i don't have a lot to add to that i i do agree with the defensive intensity was lacking in the earlier games um and it, it, you know, defense that energy that holiday brings does become contagious and You know, you mentioned last week, Coach Natty T, that you know Kobe was that for teams in the past, the big teams in the past. Like, okay, yeah, we're we're done playing around here. We're shutting people down, and everybody's like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. Okay, yeah. Uh, So, I, I do agree with. I it's just I don't. You know, when you look when you try to analyze sports based on how the team is playing together, I don't like what I see from. The USA <laughs> men's basketball team. And I say that is because it's not like it's not like we haven't seen similar talent find a way to make it work by playing as a team before. I mean, you you had Kobe, LeBron, and Carmelo on the court at the same time for crying out loud.
2: Andy Wade.
0: Andy Wade. You had, you know, Jordan and, and, and Drexler and, and, and Barkley and put on the court at the same time they found a way to, to make it work right where they were all involved in getting the ball around playing defense and stuff like that so I just I don't like the style of play that they're doing I know they're winning um and sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do to to win and if that's giving the ball to Kevin Durant then that's that's fine I it's just one of those things like well How sustainable is that? If you're playing maybe five games, perhaps it's sustainable. But let's just say Kevin Durant is a little off one. What are you going to do at that point? And if they hit that wall, because Brooklyn hit that wall, right? Because it was all in Kevin Durant's camp. Kevin Durant struggled a little bit, and then look what happened. The Nets fell off. Is that going to happen in this last game? We'll see. We'll see
1: i think this is the thing that separates to to coach natty's point um good players and great players um because i think a, a characteristic of great players is they know how to play with other great players um you know takes a level of humility to be great and then also recognize somebody else's greatness um whereas you have a bunch of really really good players like really really good but You know, when you're when you're talking Jason Tatum, I see him as a guy who like still hasn't got over that hump yet. Mm
3: -hmm. And,
1: you know, I think I think that Olympic team is full of, you know, guys who are who have yet to get over a hump, whereas Kevin Durant is somebody who has conquered a mountain. Um, You know, so in that case, I think when great players, when one great player struggles then, you know, it's kind of like unspoken. It's like a feel almost where another great player says, all right, I'll step up next man up. Whereas a bunch of good players, either one of two things happens. Everybody gets a deer in the headlights look or everybody starts playing, go to hell ball. And now you have a bunch of people just trying to get up shots and you're not playing like a great team. Mm -hmm. So I, I, if you know, this hypothetical situation comes up. You're talking about Coach JP where, you know, Durant's having an off night. I could see a bunch of these guys stepping up, uh, trying to, and they're they're And out of that, they fall out of cohesion. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst case scenario and France messes around and, you know, wins the gold medal. And there's a lot of NBA talk, you know, for the next, at least the next week or so, you know, mm-hmm. uh, ESPN will find something to, you know, something to drag out mm-hmm. for a week.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I think
4: I think too with uh with this coming year, like you said we had, you know, we used to see like D Wade, LeBron. It's a new era of like Team USA basketball we're seeing. Cause, you know, yes. and I think that speaks to like the generation. There's like a there's a generational change in basketball coming. So you know, you talk about what what's the team gonna look like in another four years. Like we might not see we might only see like maybe like two or three people from this year's team on the actual next team USA basketball team. So, and I think with that too, we're going to, have to, we're going to have to find like a new, probably find a new way of playing too. I mean, what worked before is not going to work now because you're not going to have the same players. So, and unless unless you can get some of the top, some of the more top tier players, I guess to. To, to co-sign because like even now like
3: when they got KD, they got Dame <laughs> I mean, I feel like some of the uh,
4: like and and this was definitely like a you know a different type of year because we there's still a lot of NBA players like recovering from like injuries and whatnot <laughs> but you know, Uh, I think it speaks to just like the the generational change in
0: basketball we're seeing too. Yeah, It's a good point. Good point. So speaking of NBA, we got a lot of free agency moves going on. So we, you know, it was just the tip of the iceberg last week when we talked about Russell Westbrook and so much has transpired since then. And coach wake up. What? are your reactions to the madness that we've seen this week at NBA free agency?
1: Man, uh, somebody put a gun, commissioner put a gun to all those teams and said, y'all better do something. <laughs> we losing a lot of money. I better shake some stuff up. Um, and, you know, some teams made some significant moves Mm-hmm. To the point to where I'm really, really, really excited for this upcoming season already. Yeah. You know, I was pretty burnt out from basketball. Um, you know, we had the bubble season and then, you know, they got a spring break and then they had a full NBA season. <laughs> and, you know, now we have the Olympics and it's just been a lot. And I want those guys to be able to heal their bodies because they're they're beyond. They were exhausted six months ago. Um. So with that, I, I, you know, football's coming in. So, you know, fans attention is gonna be elsewhere. And in that these guys can heal up and adapt and adjust uh, and begin to gel with these new teams. Cause you know, we've got uh, quite a few teams with completely different looks, yeah. you know the bulls made some amazing moves. Miami made some moves. Um, the Lakers made some moves, you know um so i'm 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 curious um uh, to see what those what those teams in particular look like uh, in addition to some other ones that that made i don't have a list in front of me but there was a lot of moving and shaking a couple of ski masks all-stars came in <laughs> stole some money on the low bro um, dang, then, dang. i'm excited man i'm excited so i just want to know off top like who In you guys' opinion, made like really significant moves that stood out to you,
0: Coach K. I think you you deserve to go. That was your
3: alley oop. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's your slam dunk right here, man. Man,
0: I just. I Don't even know what to do. This man ain't so.
1: experienced happiness in so long. He don't even
0: know what to do <laughs> what we have seen a battered man.
4: Yo, <laughs> I mean it's been a I felt, Like I felt happiness when we got when when Chicago got Vucevic. And then I just I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like um, you know, and I I feel like the Lord works in mysterious ways. You know, <laughs> I've been praying. I've been, you know, fervently, fervently, you know, um, prayers of a righteous man avail as much. uh, You know, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They (laughs) quit. Yeah. They quote Bible scriptures that ain't got nothing to do
3: with it. Hey, got nothing to do with it,
0: man.
4: No, no, but for real, for real. I don't know. I'm like, I'm trying to, uh, I have a a very, I don't, even, I don't even know. I don't even know he can say it. I just have a very like cautious, like I'm I'm being very cautious about like my love for like my excitement. I'm trying to find some way to just kind of like not get ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. I mean I I love the Lonzo ball move. Right. Um the Rosen. Um is Yeah. Javante green. I like that. to your deal. Um, yeah I would Caruso. like, Oh yeah. Caruso, like all solid, solid moves. Um, I just want to know, I guess my only question is like coaching. I just want to, how it's all going to fit together. Um, the one thing that I would like to see them do is I would like to see them keep marketing, even though he wants out, like, I. Uh, I, I I just want to keep marketing,
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, um, and then just kind of see how this all fits together, you know. Because uh, I mean, you, you're talking about like you're talking about a team where like the the last big free agency move they made was well, I guess other than signing D. Way was was signing Barlos Kuzma and uh. <laughs> So, I mean, this this doesn't make up for all that, but I mean, it's a start in the right direction. So, I just, I want, like, is this a new, a truly like a new era of like Chicago Bulls basketball, or is it like a red herring? Because um, I just, I just, I want to know what the plan is to fit all this together. I, I, I think, I think Billy D can do it. Just, just got to to see what what's gonna happen and <laughs> i'm just being i'm just being super i mean i got well let me just can i can i just go ahead can i have the mic for like for like five minutes oh my god go ahead please. all right please i, was, <laughs> I got <laughs> so the heat i got butler on the extension pj tucker they they re-signed Duncan Robinson, Kyle and Kyle Lowry. Like I think that of all the free agency signings, I I'm most interesting. I'm most interested in actually seeing like the Heat because I'm a Jimmy Butler fan. So um, I'm interesting. I mean, I want to see how this this shakes up the East. Um,
2: and they re-signed uh, Oladipo too.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Oladipo. So I think I think this year is gonna. I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen with the East next year. Cause I still feel like the balance of powers is in. I mean, even though the Bucks won, like I still think like the teams in the teams in the West are we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um the other biggest team I was gonna talk about was the Lakers. I have a lot of questions, especially defensively. Like, I mean, I know they brought back Dwight Howard, but they lost like KCP Kuzma Caruso Andre Drummond is an idiot
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> now he's playing he's playing on a vet veterans minimum contract behind the 76ers like i don't know that was stupid um i still think like the lakers need need to find like another big so um we'll see what happens there they need some defensive I don't know, man. Like they—they they have no defense, and I don't see them outscoring their opponents. So, like, I'm, I just want to know how this is going to all fit together.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at can you depend on a an older Ariza to be the defensive presence that he used to be for the Lakers? You know, can you? You know, Ellington is not really a big defender. Basmor yeah. mediocre.
4: Yeah. On defense. Mm-hmm.
0: Carmelo uh, doesn't acknowledge the letter D in the uh, alphabet, like
3: you
0: know there's just a lot <laughs> yeah i i just i have a lot of questions about
4: about the Lakers i think I don't think they're gonna be in the i don't think they're gonna be this finals team that everybody's claiming they're gonna be um I don't know, we'll see what happens,
3: yeah,
4: then i have uh in a new segment I have called w t f Uh, (laughs) quite possibly the dumbest the dumbest signings I've ever seen Uh, I don't know like these these teams continue to impress with their stupidity (laughs) the the five year Jared Allen contract like what like what like I was looking at this man's stats I'm like, what And his yeah. stats don't warrant a hundred million dollar contract for five years. No.
2: Nope.
4: Like that's one of the schemes. Like, one
2: of them on my team and not at that price. Right. No. Right.
4: No. Um Washington, you get you get an award for the Spencer, then what he signed Uh the Knicks, the Knicks signing Fournier to a 78 million dollar contract. Uh, The Suns. I love Chris Paul. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, (laughs) This one, I don't
3: understand. What has... I feel like an organization as
4: reputable as the Spurs... Why are you signing Dougie McD to a 64 million three three uh three-year contract?
0: That's crazy right there, man. That's desperate. That's desperation, right? Right there. That's what that tells me. <laughs> <laughs> he just throws the less out. <laughs> he
4: does. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I I just don't I don't get that. You know
0: what? That was a great take. And I think we're gonna keep your WTF segment. I like that. Right. Yeah, that I, like, I like that. W- <laughs> uh, I I mean I don't have a lot to. I think y'all did a you know outstanding job of breaking it down. I I I like um Kimball Walker to the Knicks. One of the things that they lacked home. was. Uh, consistent scoring, like Julius Randle is a scorer. He's not a shooter and he's not reliable on perimeter shooting. He's a lot more reliable, um, you know, under the basket and mid range and stuff like that. So to have someone that could consistently stretch the offense from the outside, I think is going to bode well for the Knicks. Um, Yeah. To your point, Coach K, you know, just giving Fournier that much money I don't think was, was a smart thing to do bringing Derrick Rose back. I think is good. You know, they got Nerlens Noel and, and Burks, uh, you know, to those smaller country, but yeah. So in the East, that's, I mean, that's going to get you a playoff spot mostly in the East. Yeah. I think Chicago has cemented their playoff spot next year. You know, the one, I like this dude as a basketball player, but John Collins got a five-year $125 million contract to stay in Atlanta. And this is what happens, like when you got you get one like really good year under your belt. I mean, we're seeing that with Josh Allen in the NFL right now, right? You get that one good year under your belt, and it's a contract year. You're most likely to get your money on, on the on the back end of that of that process. But the thing to me is like, I was happy that Atlanta had such a successful season. I think Nate McMillan is the, the right coach for, for that team. I'm glad they're, they're going to keep him around. Trey Young is a blossoming star, but they're a couple players short of being seriously competitive. I think it was more of a, you can have teams here and there to have their runs, but they're not going to make consistent runs like that as currently constructed. So for you to invest that much money into John Collins, is going to, and Trey Young, so you got him and Trey Young both having huge contracts. How in the world are you going to build around them to sustain your franchise for the long run? I don't, I see it as very short-sighted move that I think the Hawks aren't going to get back to where they were. Like, I mean, you talk about Eastern Conference Finals.
3: Right. Yep.
0: If, if people are healthy, Do you actually see them ever returning to the Eastern Conference as currently constructed? I don't. I see them having good games and some memorable moments along the way, but they're going to have a ceiling that I think uh, could be prevented if they were to invest money in building the team instead of all this time. So I think think that was a mistake, as much as I like John Collins as a basketball player. Uh, I mean, Hardaway in the Mavs, I I think of some, some similar things there. The Mavs have some room for growth to build around Luca. Uh, Porzingis is not the answer there. Um, Hardaway is a, a good ass, a, asset, but for that price, I'm not liking that. Uh, you know, Danny Green to resign with the S- Sixers on a two year deal. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing right now? <laughs> yeah. Like, you might as well sign one of us up for a two year deal.
3: <laughs> Green <laughs>
0: I don't know. But, yeah, I agree with other stuff that you all talked about. You know, Curry got his money, but I think he deserved it. So, I'm not going to hate on that. Um, But, yeah, we'll see. So, that's all I got.
4: Yeah. Sorry, I almost forgot. There was one more signing I didn't – Norman Powell. He got way too much money for – yeah, I I guess I I understand, like, they're trying to keep Dane, but
2: come on, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not gonna keep Damien Lillard You gotta do better than that to keep Damien. Yeah. Man, so
2: I-, I guess I'll well I'll re- I mean you guys pretty much went through the whole list. Um I'll just touch on my two biggest takeaways so far. I mean, you so, say, so you guys already pretty much went over everything else. Um, I'm just waiting on Golden State mm-hmm. because they're <sighs> I Another shoe got to drop sometime, and it's it, it. I know they're working on something. I keep hearing Ben Simmons. Um, I'm would be kind of scared to see him in Golden State because, like, Golden State turned Javale McGee into like a productive, a productive member of society. So, I would be serious.
1: I forgot about that. They did. You know, that's they what I'm saying. Like, they dude did. was on Shaq and
2: a fool, like, perennial, like, spot on Shaq and a fool. Then he went to the Warriors. It was like, oh, yeah, we got JaVale McGee. Like, he's a solid backup. That's and he, he really, and like, he really was solid. You know what I mean? So, I'm scared to see what they would do with Ben Simmons. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, I want to wait. I, I mean, something's got to pop off with that i don't you know whether it's ben simmons whether they somehow pull a rabbit out of their hat and get dame or get um, um bradley Beal or something like that like that would be crazy to see yeah um really i for me it's the lakers man i mean you know i know i know everybody talks about the lakers enough but i'm optimistic that it could work it could work um but you know, they they have a lot of kinks they have to work out with that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that is a bit annoying to me, and I said this in the group chat, was, you know, I think there's just kind of this overwhelming, like, oh, Russ is garbage narrative, and I just... He's I, not. And he's not. He's not. Mm-hmm. um And we kind of talked about this, I forgot on one of the shows we talked about when, you know, we are talking about Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul, where... I feel like because Russ is so polarizing and in general not liked liked as much there's just a, there's such a negative connotation to when his name gets brought up that when we look at Chris Paul like he gets the benefit of the doubt in a positive light
3: mm-hmm. because
2: he has a more positive image yeah. but I mean listen we just watched the finals the point, God, this man had 18 turnovers in three games. Sure. He, he choked. As bad as Russ's decision making skills are, he's never done that. No. <laughs> I mean, but yet everybody's blaming Russ, right? And then even when they go through the whole gauntlet of his whole career, now, him in OKC, like, I'll give you that. Like, they should have got it done. But now they're bringing up all. Well, he had Paul George. I'm like, so now we're bringing up Paul George as a positive now. Right,
0: Paul George just got his respect. Man. He just Barely. got his respect.
2: Barely, he just Barely. got it.
0: Barely.
2: Like, Barely.
0: like the like
2: like the like you know when they stamp your passport, like the ink is still wet. Like he can't close <laughs> the book yet. It's gonna have residue. Like it's like that fresh. Right. right. You know what I'm saying. Um. Then they go, oh, well, you know, even James Harden didn't work. I'm like, well, last time I checked, James Harden don't have a championship. And he had Dwight Howard Taylor end of his prime. And he's like, oh, well, I can't win with him. Then he had Chris Paul. Like, oh, I can't win with him. Then we're going to blame Russ for that? Right. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah, all right.
2: Well, all right. But then even this year, I mean, the whole, half the team had COVID at the beginning of the year. And he literally like triple double his way to getting Washington into the playoffs.
4: Yes.
3: <clears throat>
2: Somehow that's Russ's fault. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm I low, low-key kind of rooting for them because I would love to see... Me too. I would... This is in a perfect world, I actually would like to see the Lakers win. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds. And, and Russ have a triple-double while them doing it. Because I would love to see what the narrative would be after that. (laughs) That's just my kind of personal, like, fantasy, I guess. Because I think by Russ being on the Lakers, I think it backs people into a corner based on their opinions on LeBron and even on Russ, that if they made it work, I'm very curious to see what the narrative would be and how that would fall out. I
4: I would love to see that against the Nets
2: that well ultimately i would love to see that um and then even and then again like even the whole like oh they're old and they are old don't get me wrong like i said i said in a group chat with like the aarp lakers which they do but i had in coach jp3 you're gonna laugh at me because you know how i am yeah because i had to look this up because you know i kept hearing oh they're so old and there's (laughs) never been a team this old to start that's not true Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm
2: because this is technically what the nba does they do a weighted average so i'm not going to get too much into the calculation because basically well i'll i'll do it so basically what you do is you do your age by minutes played divide divided by the actual you know players on the team so what it does is it's going to calculate like the actual impact of how they actually, how many minutes they actually played instead of just taking the whole roster and then just dividing it by the number of players on the roster. Because you can have an old team, but if so-and-so don't play, why are we including that in the average of the ages, right? So in true Natty T fashion, (laughs) Coach I know you're going to laugh at me. So I went ahead and calculated
0: the weighted oh average. He got his Post-it notes out. <laughs> yes, I did.
2: I did it while I was, while I was eating my dinner because I was like, all right. All right. You know, because, you know, these are supposed to be astute people. All the ESPN folks, mm-hmm. FS1 folks. I'm not going to mention their names. Oh, they're so old. So the Lakers, their weighted average age. Mm-hmm. And again, these are players that are actually going to play the most. It's 31.2.
0: That's
2: not that old at all. Guess who's the second oldest team? Weighted average, the Nets. In the NBA, the Nets.
3: Yeah.
2: Wow. Thirty point six. That is a six <clears throat> age gap. Mm. Don't give me don't give me that as a reason why they can't win. Come up with something better. Yeah.
3: Than ESPN. And, don't do better than
2: FS1. Y'all can. I
4: heard. I yeah. heard a uh, somebody actually gave it. I forget who it was. Um. I wanna say I was like listen to undisputed, but like um somebody said somebody kind of like pointed out like the average kind of like the average age and they also said like the this day and age, like players take care of their bodies differently. Yeah. Like as far as like training, uh like down to like dieting and and, and everything. So
3: Absolutely. you know, it's That's it's it's
4: not yeah, it, it's not like they don't know how to how to, you know take care of their body until we, I mean, because we see, I mean, <clears throat> it's almost like a regular thing now to the, the whole load management deal. Yeah. Yeah, you know, man, I yeah. think, I think that's part of the reason why the Lakers want to keep THT. Yeah. Because like, you know, I, he, because yeah, I, th- I think, at least I feel like with him, you know what you want to get. And I think he, he has, he has shown capabilities to take over some games. So yeah. I mean, you're, and you're talking about like with with this, like team. If it, if it all works out, like I think I think they'll be able to to kind of remain well rested. I just my thing was just like the coaching aspect. No, I don't absolutely. know. Yeah, I don't know if Vogel's the, the right person to kind right. of you know pull it all together. And
2: that, and, that, that's, and I'm saying, that's that's fair. But don't just don't just give me the lazy answer. All they're old. Like no. Because, again, their weighted average is 31.2. The Nets are 30.6. And the Nets are the favorite to win the championship. So six months is that detrimental to your age, and I don't know. Then what I did was, because they said it's the oldest team ever to start. No, it's not.
0: That's not true either. 97, 98,
2: Chicago Bulls. Their weighted average, and I went and calculated theirs. Mm -hmm. 32 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. The 2010-2011 Dallas Mavericks, Mm 31.6. I'm just going to go top five. Well, 68-69 Boston Celtics, 30.7. Let's see. 96-97 Bulls, 30.7. And then in the fifth spot, it was the 06-07 Spurs, 30.7. Right.
0: I knew one of them Spurs teams had to be on there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So don't tell
2: me, oh, they're just not going to win because they're old. Like, just give me something. I need something more concrete
0: than that. That's lazy. And 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 another part of that that's not taken into consideration is, and this is what you're talking about, Coach K, is if you have that amount of people that are older and you have to depend on them for, like, 35 minutes a game, sure, it could catch up to them around playoff time and maybe prevent them from getting a championship, right? If Carmelo is by himself or maybe with just one other running mate, then, yes, that's going to make a difference. That, then, that, then the age makes sense. But you've got all these cats together that are going to re- be relieving each other. And to your point, Coach Kate, you're going to have some, some rest and, and management because you have enough talent to go around where it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to be on the floor that long. I'm on the floor 15 minutes, 20 minutes, this game, depending on who we're playing, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, you know, all those numbers, to what you are saying, have a context. And like for those of you that listen to the show a lot, you know, I'm huge on context and every number tells the story, but it also will tell the story that you want it to tell if it's taken out of its proper context. So it's like, yeah, you see the number and everyone's like, oh my gosh, they're too old. But what you just did is, like, you you debunked that. And says, like, well, not everyone's playing, number one. And number two, it's not uncommon for people to win championships at the age. Because my mind automatically went to the Spurs winning okay. those championships. And I was thinking the Bulls, too. I was like, man, all those dudes were over 30. Yep. I got major playing time. Yep. So, like, I – And
2: yeah. in one of LeBron's teams, the old 11-12 Miami Heat. They're in the top 10 on that list. Sam,
4: man, like, yeah, like Ray Allen. Is, yeah, you had Ray Allen. You had guys yeah.
2: like Shane Battier. Like, right. No. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing they're going to win or get to the finals, but their age, that to me, that's not a good enough reason because it can be done. And again, back then, and even like, look at the Bulls. I mean, back then, the game was a lot more mm-hmm. physically taxing on your body. Like now, Guys aren't really, like, the, the grind isn't the same. Right. So I think it's possible that they can do it. But, again, you know, like, so you know me, I like to defunct the, the mainstream media narrative, you know. That was a good take. I just, I like think, it. I just think it's lazy. Because I was like, keep here. I'm like, okay, let me just look at it myself. Because that don't sound right to me. Mm-hmm. That's I, think good. That's good I think
1: there's a few things to consider when it comes to the Lakers that are very interesting. Um, I think number one, the uh, Anthony Davis is the centerpiece of our team strategy is done. Um, so now you you're taking the load off of him. Yep. Um, a, a, a critique of his, primarily from Coach Natty, is that you know I mean, but it's a, it's a general critique is that um, he can't stay healthy, and in the last two seasons, um, especially this last season. It, I think it was easier for him to get hurt because of how much they were relying on him. And even when LeBron went to LA, he was basically, he did with AD what Wade did to him in Miami. Like, Hey, this is your team. I'm just here to support. And, you know, AD's body couldn't, couldn't take that. Um, you know, which, which, I mean, it is what it is, honestly. Um, but you're surrounding to coach JP's point, you're surrounding all of these other pieces around him. Um, and you are, um, shifting that weight. And so when you shift that weight, um he's now he's now not necessarily the number 1 option or or at at worst he's not the number 1 option at all times. Uh-huh. So that causes the floor to spread. Now you got to worry about LeBron, you got to worry about Carmelo, you got to worry about Dwight down low, you got to worry about all these other pieces. You got to worry about Russ. God knows what he's going to do, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And before you know it, yeah. you're in trouble. Um I also you know, Coach Natty kept talking about, I don't know if the Lakers have a clear path to the finals. I can't say that. I can't say that. And I don't know which, which one of the coaches said this earlier. We talked about how, um, I think it was Coach K, um, you know, or it might have been Coach JP, whatever. One of the coaches talked about how Atlanta made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucks won. Like, th- to me, that doesn't solidify a dynasty. Like, okay, the East doesn't belong to Milwaukee for the next five years. I don't believe that at all, yeah. especially with them losing P.J. Tucker, unless they fill that position in. As, cri- as critical as I am of P.J. Tucker, he still, you know, he still has a presence besides what kind of sneakers he's going to wear. Played his role, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He played his role. So, you know, I think that both conference, I think when I look at the Western Conference, the biggest threat to the Lakers was always the Clippers, right? But if Kawhi's out with an ACL tear, that's done. Yep. So who's <clears throat> in line, according to, uh, you know, in your opinion, to the West that would take that LA team out? I don't think, I can't think of anybody offhand.
2: That, so, I think the exact same thing. Um, That's partially kind of why I brought up Golden State first, because... I want to see what they have up their sleeve.
1: They got, they're, doing, they're going to do something. They're
2: going to do something.
1: Was, you know it what it I'm saying? Something. Like, they're going to Iggy, do something. Iggy, Iggy did not pick them over the Lakers in the Nets today just on a whim.
2: Just on a whim. Exactly. Like, I was just about him, to say that. They told
1: him something that they're going to do.
2: Yeah, that, that's, exactly, that's, that's exactly what I thought. I was about to say the exact same thing. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for that shoe to drop. Um, because I just assumed it would have happened before the draft, because I thought they would have leveraged those draft picks for something. So when it didn't happen, I was hmm. But they're they're working on something, so I want to see what that looks like first. But you know, as of today, right now, I that's where I'm at with the Lakers as well. I don't see a real path of resistance for them. Um, I know the Suns made it but just similar to the Bucks in the East. I mean, they benefited from inj- injuries as well. Um
4: when does uh when does Jamal Murray get back? Uh
2: I think he should be ready at least I don't know if he'll be ready for the start of the season but I think he should be ready for at least majority of the season.
1: Yeah.
3: But, but bringing least, them
2: up cuz well I think he cuz he went out what, was like was it like January? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For December-ish or something like that? Yeah, it was
1: like Ooh. right before All-Star Week, I
2: think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was somewhere in that, in the in, in those dates there. So um, you know, even if you bring him back, I again, like if the Lakers are able to get through the season, which I think they will, and um, this is why I actually do like the Russell pickup, Russell Westbrook pickup, because it, it gets them through the season. He can at least if you know if all us if AD's out, you know, and or LeBron's got a little ankle thing, like, I right, russ, we need some triple doubles. We need to get to the playoffs and not be in that playing game. Like, I feel like he can do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look at Denver, I'm like, eh. don't get me started on Utah.
1: <laughs> no, no, they're done. Like, um. Nah. Blazers. Eh. No. Like I love so, Luca. No. How do you hold on? Let's start right there on Portland. Let's start right there on Portland. <laughs> How do you have all that controversy with your star player? You do him dirty. Everybody says he needs help. And then y'all do nothing in free agency. No, nothing, he, no, nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. And he nothing. in so many words says, I I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah. And nothing they don't do anything like that's like that, calling this bluff like that's foul
2: that that's that's what i think they're doing that's exactly what they're doing because he because he signed that long-term deal so they're like all right well if you want to go ahead and do that you gotta do that because I, I but the blazers yeah eh. um i love john Morant, but i mean i don't see him taking that sort of a leap um i like zion I don't see them making that sort of. I mean,
4: a leap. they. I don't see. I mean, they got rid of Lonzo too. That's you know what I'm hurt. saying.
2: Yeah, I don't you know what I mean? Zach I don't see gone. them making that sort of a leap. You know what I'm saying? So, as it stands right now, I would probably pick the Lakers. Mm. At least to get to the finals.
3: Um, At least to get to the finals. Yeah, because
2: I, I again I I don't see the resistance. <laughs> From anybody else, like a like a team. I'm just uh-huh. like, I oh, don't know.
4: Well, with the Clippers though, Patrick Beverly could oh. have a career year.
1: Oh my god! And that concludes this week's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted.
4: I had to bring it up. No, Some you need to save post- that for post- wake up one. The
2: WTF section for next week. <laughs> oh,
1: you know, he should be on your segment every week. Yeah. <laughs> every week. Oh that's that's have good a reserve
2: Slot on there for real
0: man there's a lot of things coming to fruition and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be another great year um but yeah, I think those are good takes by all, all the coaches on on the free agency stuff man so we're gonna move real quickly we're gonna get through this one last hold
1: home on, just one one last quick quick super quick thing I gotta say yeah. for people in our age range, we kind of have to root for LeBron and Carmelo to get a ring together yes. We have to. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. So we can do, we can basketball it all day, but like when it comes down to it, for cultural purposes, we mm-hmm. like gotta root for the two of them to get a ring together. And yeah. even if you don't like LeBron, you gotta pull for Russ and Melo to get a ring straight. Like yeah.
2: I'm I'm right there. Which I'm kind I'm low key like rooting for the Lakers this year because I would I would love to see. Yeah, them, I really would. Yeah. As
4: much as much as I don't like as much as I didn't like Melo. I do want to see him get a ring.
2: It'll be uh, nice. It'll be it'll be nice. It will be real nice. We got a ring in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <If> Chris... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, um, and Chris,
4: because it and Russ, I've been a I've been a I've been a fan of Russ since day one. <laughs> you know, so I was a huge Thunder fan. Um, because I mean, Chicago didn't really have much. Well, they they did have stuff going on, but I was
0: well, good. They didn't have nothing going on, but and he yeah. just look look
2: to the look towards the future, man. You look like you're going back in your depressing yeah. days, man. Like you, you and guys
4: have know, a good I, future, I, man. I was I was trying to say, like you know, I've, I've been a Russ fan for a while, so mm-hmm. to me, he at least kind of represents what I like to see in, the, like as far as like competitive drive in uh in the NBA. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He don't cheat you, man. Like, like I say, he has his flaws as a player, but he don't that's the one thing about Russ. Like when you watch him play, he's not cheating nobody. Like my man is is putting in work. And, and I, I I do appreciate that about him a lot. Yes, I
0: agree. Agree with that. Man, yeah, because I was not to be honest, I was not rooting for the Lakers to make it far last year. I was like, okay, LeBron and AD did their thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, I I was you know, I think most of us were on the Phoenix Suns train. Like, let's let's get Chris yeah. Paul. Let's get he has only a couple years left, like a really valuable year. Like, let's let's go ahead and get him one. He squandered it. And, you know, it was nice to see. You know, Giannis and some of those others we that see. did not have you know nah, have to get one.
1: So.
4: I don't I don't care about Giannis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we about to talk about Giannis right we now. To talk about Giannis right now. We're, we're,
0: we're,
4: gonna, actually, we're not going. Well, at least I'm not going to talk about Giannis.
1: So we're gonna
0: do this like super quick. Um, We just thought we would throw because we can always elaborate on this in other shows um, because we have a lot of time for the NBA season to start. And so, like, we're looking at who are top ten players in the NBA that will be entering the next season. Uh, The consensus was that we're not gonna put them in order, but we're just gonna have hey, these ten guys right here are going to you know compile the top ten in the league Uh, quickly. Let's go with Coach Natty T quickly. On All that. right.
2: Okay. So just to qualify my list, real quick, um, I'm going everybody healthy and projecting what they'll do next year. So this is where, you know, my list comes into play. Um, Kevin Durant, Giannis.
3: <laughs> he got
2: you. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't not, I mean, you know, he, he's got to be in there. Um, Giannis, Luca, LeBron, um, Kawhi. But, you know, obviously, I don't know if he's going to be healthy. But I'll put Kawhi in there. Uh, Joel Embiid, the Joker, Anthony Davis, um, Damian Lillard, and James Harden. Yes, I didn't put Steph Curry in there because, as I said on our second episode of this show, I said I will, put him, the in the I will put him in the top if they make the playoffs and they did not make the playoffs. So I'm just they made sick. the playing tournament. They did not make the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just sticking to what I said. That's all. That's it. That's my top two.
0: Okay. Um, I got KD, LeBron, Giannis. I do have Curry on my list. Uh, he was kind of pretty much working by himself last year and at least got them to the playing tournament. I do agree that they should have beaten. Memphis. They should have beat Memphis. That's
2: all I'm saying. I'm not saying they you have to beat Lakers. Beat Memphis. That's all I'm saying. Get you some barbecue after. You good. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but I will say Curry was the only reason they were even in a position to make it into the playoffs uh, with the team as constructed. So uh, I have James Harden on my, on my list. I thought he had an outstanding year, was an early MVP candidate, the way he was able to run the offense, and we saw what his absence does to the Nets um Kawhi uh Joel Embiid uh you know came in you know, he was second on my list for MVP last year I mean when that dude's healthy there's really nothing you can do about about him you know stopping him uh Jokic I, I you know you got to put the current MVP on the list you know so I think he earned his spot um Dame Dalla and then I have Luca rounding out the the 10 there um so not the exact order I had him in, but it's pretty close to the order that I had him in there. So that's my list.
2: You had no, you had no Anthony Davis view. No,
0: no. I think, I, I think he's talented, but I, he disappears during games. And if you want to be a top 10 best player in the league, I should know you're on the floor at all times. Um, So in that sense, I think he, he tends to be a, a little overrated in that sense mm. yeah but i like him though i don't, I don't no hate no shade but I, I just don't think he's top 10 because i would i would pick and beat and Jokic over him anytime oh yeah no that's fair yeah yeah um you want to go with coach wake up you got you got some players you want to throw out for us
1: yeah so in my list i just have to uh Three players that I cannot pick, just out of my own bias: uh, Embiid, <laughs> Harden, and Giannis. Because I hate all three of them. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> hey man, it's
1: your list. Take it. That's that's nine. your list. So I got. I yeah. I can't. I can't do those three. Embiid is too slow. Harden <laughs> be doing too much, and Gian, Giannis don't do nothing at all. He just big. Um, so okay. my list, I got LeBron, KD, Kawhi uh, Luca, uh, Lillard, uh, Steph for the same reasons that coach JP has. I mean, he literally carried an entire franchise on his back. Uh, it was unreal. Um, I Man, even though he kind of fell off in the playoffs, though, he got, he kind of did not in the playoffs, even though he got disappeared in the finals. Um, some, some, uh, some holes were shown in his game. He just doesn't know how to take an easy shot. All his shots are unnecessarily difficult. I still got Booker on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Joker, I got hmm. AD, and then my wild card, uh, Natty's favorite player in the league. I got Kyrie on my list as well. Hey, listen,
3: <laughs> I don't disagree I like with you. This.
1: <laughs> like oh. Kyrie at his Kyrie at his Kyrie at his best is incredible, and I just always have that expectation of him to absolutely kill it. It's the other shenanigans that get in the way, but I'm like, it, if we're just talking basketball. If the ball is in Kyrie's hands, I'm confident that the game should flow for my team the way that it should flow.
2: Before you go, Coach K, <laughs> talent-wise, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Talent-wise, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons should be a top five player. Like, not even just off talent. Like, if Ben Simmons could shoot, he's a top three player in this league. If Kyrie, you know, I said yeah, I didn't get into it, but he's a top five player. Mm-hmm. Period.
0: Talent wise,
3: yes, I agree. We with that. Didn't, we didn't talk.
1: About, we didn't even talk about how uh, uh, Ben Simmons is just refusing to talk to Philly. They said <laughs> they, they said Embiid tried to call him. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the voicemail. <laughs> that phone, man, and tell him you don't want to be there no more. That's whatever. What... <laughs> but not like I, I,
2: I don't disagree with it. I say, he would he would be top five on my list. If. But you know, there's a lot of ifs after that. Sure.
0: For sure. Coach K, what you got for us,
4: brother? Oh man, uh, first of all, I just want to say, you know, congrats to um the people that made it to my honorable mentions list.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <a> tough decision.
4: <laughs> it was a you should be honored.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: you know, but I mean, shout out, shout out to uh you know Steph Curry, uh, he made he made number one, uh, and then number two, uh, it was a tough decision. But I decided to put, you know, um, I put Kyrie. You know, um, and then shout out to number three. I mean, you barely made it in there, but Giannis, congrats, bro! Play hard. You made the list. Uh, honorable mentions. So um if <laughs> you
1: <Yeah. laughs> won a championship and made your honorable mentions, list. <laughs> Played the game of his life, the game of his life, won the game for his, won the championship for his team. Barely extra yeah. honorable mention list. That's
4: he made, he barely made it, but you know, <laughs> he's on the list. So that's something to be proud of. Um, <laughs> anyways, I got it. I got like two different tiers in my tops and I got the bottom five, which I got, I got Devin Booker, um, James Harden, for reasons that we've, you know, both said, um, I mean that, you know, kind of get, you guys have kind of reiterated. I got Luca, Damian Lillard. Um, I have Anthony Davis in there. Um, uh, top my top five, I got LeBron, I got the Joker, uh, Embiid, uh, Kawhi. Um, actually, at the top of the list, um, I got just Kevin Durant just because, I don't know, like I think I think he – as much as that's I hate – That's tough to cover
2: it, from you. I know that's tough. It's here. tough.
4: <laughs> I, I can't deny his – I can't deny his talent. So I hope he doesn't want to ring, but uh, yeah. So
0: hey, let, me, let, me, let me interject here just for one second. <laughs> how,
3: how did you
0: manage to be objective about Kevin Durant after you slandered him for the entire year? But you put Giannis in the honorable mentions, and you also <laughs> slandered him oh, yeah, you want. If you
4: want, I can switch him and Anthony Davis so you will get the bottom of the top ten list.
0: I mean, that makes me happy because Anthony Davis wasn't on my list. So. All right. Well, I'll put like yeah, so
4: like him and Anthony get in, they're they're going to share, this, they're, they're going to share the same slot,
3: number ten. Number ten.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, that, that was yeah. This was hard. This was hard. This was really hard to put together. Um, I forgot to mention Luca was at the bottom of mine because I need him to get out the first round before he can start moving up that that chain there. But talent wise, I think I he's, the- yeah.
2: Yeah, that's why this list is tough because, like, there's the talent conversation, but then there's like the like tangible yeah. evidence conversation. Because, like I said, with Anthony yeah, Davis,
1: accomplishments. Yeah, because yeah. like,
2: because like I said, because with Anthony Davis, because I had him in there just because I noticed previous year wasn't great, but I thought, just my opinion, that's why, even though it was in the bubble, I thought he was really the catalyst for the Lakers. He was the one doing the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. and then LeBron was able to come in and like pick his spots. No, I, agree. I agree with that. It, you so know, first LeBron's gonna get, you know, because he's LeBron, he's gonna get like the MVP and all that. But I, I really thought Anthony Davis was the one doing the heavy lifting and then LeBron was the especially in team. the finals last year, yeah, yeah. I, but you know, that's
4: that's why I put him in my top 10.
2: Yeah, that's why I had him in there, but but to wait. For you, and, you know, Coach JP3 and Coach Wake up, I mean, you guys are totally valid in terms oh, no. of not having him in your top 10. Because on the other hand, it's like, dude, you're Anthony freaking Davis, man. You should <laughs> play like it. And I expect to see that every game. So I don't know. And I guess we won't get, to, we can talk about it more. I don't know if it's because LeBron. Fairly or unfairly soaks up all the air in the room. So Anthony Davis
1: is like, I'm good, but you know, that's LeBron. I don't know if I agree, I think that happens 100%.
2: You know what I'm saying? Because to me, like when he plays, he should be like, I know LeBron's out here, but I'm the best player in this daggone league. And if he has that mindset and plays like that, but again, I I just Mm -hmm. think LeBron soaks all the air in the room. Again, fairly unfairly. So it's just like, I don't know if he feels like there's room for him to really step on that platform.
4: You know, I I just want to say this about uh, Giannis.
2: Oh my God.
3: And
4: I, I am very biased towards him. And I think, I, I don't know, like, I can't deny, like, Kevin Durant's talent. But Giannis, I don't know, man, just because he, he improved his stats for the finals. And, like, that, I don't know, like, that that Phoenix team was a dumpster fire. Like if I'm being honest. Like co- like no coaching adjustments. Uh Chris Paul was that's the worst collapse I've ever seen from an NBA superstar, like in NBA finals history. Like, like I think that was worse than than like yeah, that was that was by far the worst. Like I I've never seen anything like that, especially come out coming off a closeout game against the Clippers, where he probably played the best, you know, basketball in his in his NBA playoff like postseason, you know, career. Um, yeah. but I mean Giannis, like he improved his he improved his stats. Uh he to me, he just showed that he wanted the championship more than anybody. He had the most heart. Like, do I think, do I think he's improved as a, as a NBA basketball player? No. Like once, if he can, if he continue, if he can like do what he did in the finals and like carry that for an entire season, I have no problem putting him in my top five. But until then, like there's just too many other basketball players that are more skilled than him. Same thing with Kyrie. Like Kyrie is like skilled out of his mind. I can't put him in my top 10 though. Because every chance he's had to uh, do something, he's – I feel like he's a top-ten player when he's with, like, another top-ten player. Like, aside from that, sure. he's not really done him anything him right to mm-hmm. –
2: mm-hmm. like he's, he's with two, two of them right, right now.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, so. That's fair. That's fair. It, I, I think especially to Giannis point, you know, let's see if he can carry that momentum into a, a full season. Yeah. Or, Get better at the free free throw shooting, more consistent. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. That's All right. So we're gonna make a major shift here. <laughs> Some NCAA. Um, you know, there's the realignment. You have Texas uh, and Oklahoma. Like, yo, we about to jump into the SEC and make this a thing. Uh, and the Big Twelve was like, okay, all right. Well, that leaves us here without two of our major teams in the in the in the the conference so but now it breeds the conversation well who else is going to be moving and when and where where should they so there's a lot of theories here and so I want y'all to bear with me on this this is a lot of information because when you're talking about the business of a league there's a lot of numbers a lot of information a lot of what ifs so I I ask y'all to bear with me But here's what I think we're looking at with this realignment. Okay, so you got Texas, Oklahoma made their decisions. Now, who are the the big dogs that are left that could potentially move? In my opinion, it's Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, and USC. Okay, so we got Big Ten team, uh, two Big Ten teams, Notre Dame. Um, pretty much independent. I mean, they had the one-year contract with the ACC, um, but I, it's going to stay that you know it's going to stay with that one-year contract, and I they're not going to go independent. USC being the most recognizable brand in the Pac-12, um, having that prestige and ability, I think they have some flexibility there too. So this is kind of what it looks like. So if I'm Ohio State and Michigan, I'm not going anywhere. Why would I leave the Big Ten at this point? Is currently the richest and oldest conference in college football. If you're part of the Big Ten, you're getting $54 million per year. Okay, to be a part of that Big Ten. So that whole contract right there. So why would I leave that? Why would I leave $54 million if I'm already got the most money here? Notre Dame is locked in as an independent. Um, because of the contract they had with the ACC. So, like, when they try to make that move, it basically locked them in until 2036. Now, that contract also said that it's like, yo, if you don't want to be part of the ACC anymore, that's cool, but you can't join another conference. So, what they're going to do is they're going to go back to independent. I mean, they got their own network, basically, in NBC broadcasting their games. So, they're getting the money off of that. And this whole expanded playoff process favors Notre Dame. Right. It favors because they're usually if they're not in the top four, they're right in that top four, top six looking in. So this favors them (laughs) to be in there and have that platform to be able to see that. Uh, USC, you know, they could remain in the Pac-12. They have options. They're the most flexible team in all of this, in my opinion, because they could remain in the Pac-12. They could try to do it on their own as an independent or they can join another league with or without other partners of the Pac-12. So a recent conversation between the Big 12 commissioner and the Pac-12 commissioner, they discussed whether an alignment made sense between their conferences moving forward. Uh, so there are a few options up for discussion between those two Power Five conferences. And this could look at in a couple of different ways. This could be like, hey, we're just going to do some, some schedule matchups here. You know, and, and, and let's build off of each other's strengths and fame there. To something more drastic, like a merger between the two leagues. So there's, you know, hey, we could just play each other more often, or we could be part of the same conference. That's left to be seen with the, you know, uh, but there was a report that emerged uh, about, I think it was last week, that Texas Tech actually reached out to the Pac-12 uh, about joining them, despite the the consensus being like, oh, all the, you know, rest of the Big 12 schools are united, they're together now. But actually, Texas Tech (laughs) reached out independently and was like, so, you know, could we make this work with a Pac-12 thing? Could we come up there and join y'all? So there's that conversation. Uh, So then you have the ACC. The ACC is the most undervalued, has the most undervalued media rights contract. So you remember when I talked about Ohio State, Michigan and the Big Ten, they were in what, about 54 million, right? The ACC schools are stuck at thirty-two point four million per school. So what seemed like a, a good contract at the time is actually the lowest contract now, and they're locked in until two thousand thirty-six. So there's really nothing, nothing there for them to do. They get they have no rights at this point in time. The Big Ten, for obvious reasons I said before, doesn't have to make a move, but it can say, hey, if you wanna make this even more attractive for us, then y'all could come over to our side. If you're USC, if you're these teams, you could do that. And maybe we can make this a thing. Because adding Pac-12 schools to the Big Ten, you know, they that can go to $60 million of annual value for those Big Ten contracts. And that's even assuming a conservative increase in Big Ten's current deal um, in 2023. That'll be up. So, like, you know, you got some option to add more value if you add some Pac 12 schools, whether that's one or, or two schools. So the Pac 12, even though USC is sitting pretty, the Pac 12 as a whole is not really. And that's because their the Pac-12 network didn't pan out as they thought. You know, see so the Big Ten network did, Pac-12 network did not. Um, and also they can't make a major move as a unit until 2024, their contract is in, in, in place to 2024. So the big 12 now going back to the big 12, they have some time to think about what their future is going to look like, but they can't stay at eight teams. They can't be in competition and only have eight teams. So they need to do be doing something uh, to retain sufficient playoff access and revenue for their conference. So whatever it's going to look like within the next couple of years, the big 12 is going to look very much different than it does right now. So if, if I'm big 10, I'm staying put, I'm saying Pac 12, you know, if USC wants to come over here, then you come over here and, and, and let, let's, let's do this. Let's run it. Um, if I'm the ACC, I'm salty because I'm stuck in a bad contract. Uh, If I'm Texas Tech, I would actually stay put because of that. Because if Texas Tech enters the Pac-12 and USC leaves the Pac-12, it's not quite as good of a deal. Now It doesn't look as good now if you're Texas Tech. Uh, So that's kind of what I would do right now. I know that was a lot of information, but there's just so many moving parts in this that I thought it was worth sharing some of those numbers and scenarios for you. So uh, I know Coach you also has some thoughts about this. Um, Anything that you wanted to add?
2: Well, ironically, I think it ties into the last topic. So I guess we could just piggyback on off of that. Because all those numbers that you shared, mm-hmm. I think what's, not from what's missing from what you're saying, but I think what, what the elephant in the room is, mm-hmm. Ohio State. And Michigan are the one that drive the Big Ten yes it's not about the Big Ten it's about Ohio State Michigan the SEC obviously they have most of the big name college football programs but you know it's about Alabama it's about LSU it's Mm -hmm. about Florida right ACC they really just have Clemson Florida State, Florida
0: State every eight years, Miami every 20 Miami years. Relevant, so but that's it. <laughs> but that's
2: it. But again, you know, <sighs> and I think really what's happening is because the playoffs are going to be expanded, a school like Texas and a school like Oklahoma is trying to solidify their spot in the playoff. Because if you're playing in the SEC, and you finish with a winning record, like you're going to be in the mix, period, point right. blank, period. But I say it kind of ties into the last topic because, in terms of, you know, is equality obtainable or is it just a myth? I think it's a myth. You kind of just explained it in a roundabout way. But right. listen, when you're at Ohio State, you're not going to get treated as everybody else because you're Ohio State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're Alabama, you're not going to get treated as everybody else because you're Alabama. When you're Texas and you're the big staple school of the Big 12, they can be like, yeah, we're leaving and going to the SEC and there's nothing you can do about it. Texas Tech can't do that. No. no. But Texas can't. <laughs> so, like, I think that's just the reality of life. And I think that was going to happen inevitably anyway. It was already leaning towards that. I think they just said, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and do it because we can. Um, and I, I think overall in terms of just equality in sports now what i'm saying is i'm not saying that it shouldn't be there shouldn't be any like discrimination based on race or gender or anything like that but i am saying it's a myth because depending on who you are and what you can bring to the table you will get treated differently period yeah and you want to get treated differently lebron james like he has certain privileges that other people don't. Because he's LeBron James. So we can't say, oh, we gotta treat everybody equal. I'm like, well, yeah, but if you're LeBron James, if you're Michael Jordan, if you're KD, you can kind of do what you want. If you're little old me, yeah, you gotta fall in line, bro. <laughs> like, that's just... It's unfortunate, it sucks, but, you know, it, it's just, that's just the reality of it. And I think, again, tying it back to college football, you're seeing the power brokers of college football are really the schools, the football schools, the ones that really like dominate college football. They're the ones that drive the revenue. Mm-hmm. Again, take Ohio State away from the Big Ten, and the Big Ten would be looking just like what the Big 12 is doing right now, scrambling. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so really the fate is within the big with the big 10 is with ohio state because to your point i agree they should stay but i think they're a big enough draw that they can probably maybe combine with the acc something like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or combine with the pac 12 something like that right but they don't need to leave and go to necessarily the sec because they're they're ohio state they can do that Right. right so that's kind of my overall thoughts on it. I just think you're, you're seeing the big schools, the ones that drive the money, that drive the revenue. They're just pushing their weight around. Exo mm-hmm. similar to Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Um, Elon Musk. Steve Ballmer. Mm-hmm. These are whales of companies. And you know what? They just push their weight around. They're mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. So <laughs> mm-hmm. you just don't have to deal with it.
0: Yeah. That's what like, we're seeing. Like I said, if, if I'm USC, then I'm looking like, yo, I, let me go where the money is. And I think that's the big 10. I, I really do. I think that's their, their best move. I think you I think Ohio State and Michigan would welcome that.
3: Yeah.
0: And because if you're just gonna add money to our table that's already the, the fullest. So you're just gonna get us from about 54 million to perhaps 60. You come over with us. So USC has everything to gain from that move. I don't think they would survive well as an independent. um, So I don't think that will work for them. And they're going to have marginalized returns by staying in the Pac-12. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. um, That's... There's a, so I, I'm really interested in this as a like person that loves business. Like this is really fascinating to me. And so I, you know, I want our to listeners to out there pay attention to things that are that are happening. How schools are leveraging um, the revenue that they bring in, and how I think when we talk about leagues that are player driven, the NCAA has never been one of those. But to what you just said, Natty T, they're not player driven, but they are team driven. Yeah. So whoever has the, they can flex their respective conferences, therefore re- flexing the NCAA and say, "Yo, like we move over on here, or we want this team over here with us." The NCAA, their conference commissioners are pretty much gonna be like, "Okay, yeah, fine, fine, you can do that." Yeah, because we don't want to lose you, right? Because if we yeah. lose you, that affects my pockets, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, as a commissioner. So. Um, uh, Coach K, did you want to uh, throw in any of your thoughts about
3: oh, that?
4: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm speaking purely as a football fan. Like, I don't, I don't really know the business side of things too well. I need to do more research in that area. But um, as a fan, as a fan of college football, oh, absolutely. If Ohio State wants to go to the SEC, by all means, go ahead and do it. Because I want to see, I want to see the, uh, I want to see the uh, I want to see the best football matchups, and <clears throat> I guess the reason I say that is because um, oh yeah, I'm saying OSU Michigan. If you guys want to go, go for it. Because um, <laughs> and and here's my biggest problem with the Big Ten. Okay. Since since I mean since they have like added other teams to the Big Ten. I look at what teams they have added. I don't want to see Ohio State versus Rutgers. Rutger, Rutgers sucks. They added a Nebraska team that was past, past their prime. Mm. Nobody cares about Maryland.
2: Like, I live down the street from Maryland, and they don't care about Maryland football. (laughs) Maryland basketball, right? Basketball, basketball, Oh yeah, yeah. football. Yeah, they don't care about. They don't care about it out here. Trust me.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I don't care about Big Ten football. Like I don't, I don't wear big, like Big Ten jackets when I'm walking down the street, because every time the Big Ten has a college, like, and when it comes to the bowl games, Big Ten usually gets swept but pretty much in like every, there might be like one or two schools that went like Wisconsin. Um,
2: yeah. Every now and then.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would I miss like, would I miss like Wisconsin or like, you know, OSU Wisconsin or like OSU Michigan state? Not really. I mean, um, I I still feel like even if Michigan did come over, I feel like they'd still find some way to get the Michigan-Michigan State games. But, like, aside from that, like, Big Ten is, like, what – I don't know. I'm just, like – I'm kind of over that because at the end of the day, like, when it matters, like, Big Ten really doesn't get the job done. So, I want to see – I want to see better competition. So, if – I mean, if OSU and Michigan do decide to stay – Get some get some better teams. Like, I can understand getting a USC, like because of the prestige. And like, I don't know what the contract situation is for like the ACC, but I would like to see if they can find some way to get Notre Dame. Like, once they, I'm I'm not sure how that how that situation will work, or like a a Clemson or something. But I mean, I feel like the the Big Ten has kind of been like. All, all you hear about is SEC, like SEC football, like that's where the competition is. So I want to see, as as a college football fan, I want to see my, yeah, and and really when it comes down to it, like you typically get get smoked. Um, so that that's just me purely speaking as a football fan. Big 12, I, I could care less about the Big 12. I mean, <laughs> I I will watch them strictly strictly for like you know Oklahoma and Texas, and they are no longer a part of that conference. Like I don't care about any of the other teams as far as back 10, USC, Oregon, um, I don't know. Yeah. And, <laughs> There's there's just been so many things that have not made like it was cool seeing Texas A and M go to the SEC like um, I guess when they had Johnny Manziel like right. like had some classic battles there but uh I don't know like I feel like there there was an opportunity to get like West Virginia because West Virginia like they actually had a decent football program at one time now um, it's whatever they should be in the Big Ten. Yeah. They should be in the big ten. It makes more sense to be for them to be in the Big Ten instead of the Big Twelve. Um as far as like, yeah, Big Twelve could just shrivel up and, and just waste away as far as I'm concerned. So those those uh, yeah, are my especially,
2: best. you mean especially with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Um really I think if Notre Dame was part of the Big Ten, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it would be tough, but if if they could figure out the money, they would do it.
3: Yeah, they could figure for out sure. the
2: money. Um, sure. <clears throat> that way, you'll sure. have Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, there's, even though Michigan hasn't been successful on the football field, but that that brand is strong, strong.
3: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So that would be. In a perfect world, I would like to see, because if if you're going to have Texas, Oklahoma in the SEC, I would love to see Notre Dame in the Big Ten.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I actually would just, you know, combine, somehow combine the Pac-10 and, like, the Pac-12.
3: Actually, you know what I would like to see?
2: SEC have Texas, Oklahoma, Florida State, and Clemson.
3: Mm.
2: Go to the SEC. Put Notre Dame in the Big Ten, and they leave the Pac twelve in the Pac twelve and the and the Big Twelve. And those are your conferences,
0: right there. Man, that that bleeds the ACC dry. <laughs>
2: But and then, but that's what I'm saying. The rest of the ACC can be like, you know, they can join up with the Big East, yeah. and whatever. And that'll kind of be your second tier or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even, you know, put Cincinnati in the Big Ten, shoot, because they've done well. Yeah. They can match up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean you could even put, I feel like you could
4: even put OU in there.
3: You
0: could. I mean, they'll probably get, yeah. They'll get demolished They could destroy it. They'll get destroyed. Cincinnati <clears throat> has a chance. They have a chance
2: yeah but i wouldn't honestly like i mean that would mess it up from a college basketball standpoint but i i wouldn't i wouldn't mind seeing that
3: i i
0: I think one of the important things in this is the conversation that they're uh that said the commissioners have about possibly adjusting the schedule so no you don't join us in our conference but hey let's let's put our our, our best schools, you know, they haven't played each other because people mm. don't see that. I, I would love to see more of that conversation happening throughout college football, because I feel like most of the college football schedule um, is wasted. Now I know that may sound very evil if you're a smaller school trying to build your name. And you know, but there's still space for that. No, no, they
2: they know that's why they play the big schools because they pay them, they're basically pay pay, They help them out. So they know.
0: So it's just that you can still get your game off and everything like that. But I think it'll be nice to to shuffle some of the skills around a little bit. Um, I think that's the acc's only shot right now because they're locked in until 2036. Mm -hmm. They're they're not gonna be able to make any major moves as far as you know serious conference moves, but hey, if like they can make some deals with like, you know, this team plays, this, you know, Clemson plays this team, Florida State plays this team more often um, or throughout the year, then that may be able to get some of the popularity to be increased in the ACC. So then when it comes time for them to negotiate another deal, they're able to have, you know, all these years of evidence that says, hey, you know, look what happened when we play all ja, You know, then they have more of a of a a negotiation leverage because right now they don't have any, Uh, so they're going to need to find some way to get back into the conversation. I think that's all they can do right now is a little bit of schedule shuffle. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yeah, Um, but our last topic, we'll go through this really quick, Coach Knight. You kind of um, said part of your piece here, and it's is a quality obtainable in sports or is it a myth? And you went with myth. Uh, Is there anything you wanted to add to that?
3: No,
2: I mean, that I, and then what kind of sparked the question in my brain was, you know, and again, I want to choose my words carefully here, but we saw the women's team, the women's soccer team lose in the semifinals. So they won the bronze medal. Mm -hmm.
3: But I,
2: you know, like I said, I just make observations and ask questions. I thought it was very interesting in terms of the coverage. They won the bronze medal, Mm -hmm. but however, the women's soccer team is equivalent to USA men's basketball in terms of dominance, in terms of them being ranked number one, in terms of them having the best players top to bottom, starting 11 to everyone sitting on the bench is better than everybody else in the world. Maybe one or two players you can argue, maybe, Mm -hmm. but- they should win the gold medal. Now, if this was a developmental team. They brought a lot of younger players to kind of, like, experiment. Okay. But, no, y'all brought the best. You brought the same team that won the World Cup. And then they lost. And then the, the coverage was kind of like,
3: oh, yeah, you know, but, you know, they, they brought home
2: the bronze. I j- I'm i just curious because the game is on right now, USA men's versus France. Yeah. USA is going to win. But if they lose, are they going to get that same coverage? I don't think so. So, like I said, I just like to ask questions because, you know, it is not necessarily an indictment on the women's players per se, because I don't think they have anything to do with this. I'm just talking just us as society, how we like to sort of, you know, be behind certain initiatives. Yet we don't want to keep it 100 all the way 100 at all times, and that's just that's just my that's just I just had to just kind of make that observation because again like, Carly Lloyd, Megan
3: Rapinoe,
2: uh, Alex Morgan. I mean these are top five players all time in U.S. women's history, and y'all didn't score one
3: goal. Up until the bronze game? Not one? Hmm. I don't know. And nobody's really calling out for your play? Yep. Hmm.
2: Interesting. (laughs) Let, Let KD go out there and go 0 for 6 in every game. 0 for 10 in every game. See how he come back. So I just, you know, I just had to throw that question out there. You know, I, like I said, I'm, I don't want to sound like this or that in third. I just, I just like to make observations mm-hmm. and ask questions. Yeah. And my second lap, real quick. I mentioned it at the beginning with Sidney McLaughlin yeah. and her approach. Um, Lamont Jacob for Italy, his approach. Because have you noticed, like, with Naomi Osaka, like, have you noticed the coverage has gone kind of quiet on her? Mm -hmm. And she was just on Time Magazine.
3: But yet, everything just kind of shifted towards Simone, right? Why is that? It's the (laughs)
2: point. Because, you know, I thought, like oh, I thought, uh, yeah, you know, she wanted, she needed a break and this, that, and the third. And yeah, yeah, go ahead, Naomi, yeah, do you think? And then it was like, then we totally forgot about her. Then (laughs) it's Simone's turn. Yet, I've heard no solutions. And we have examples of athletes that are their peers, by the way, not older athletes, that are their peers that are giving you solutions yet they're not getting that same coverage. Those dots aren't getting connected.
0: And they're not, the media isn't connecting those dots at all, which is very interesting.
2: So again, I like to make observations and ask questions. So that's all, that's it. That's, that was really the point of my question about that last question there. Because again, like, you know, again, I, I bring up Cindy McLaughlin because she's 21. She's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not going to be on social media. So I'm trying to focus. I came here to win a gold medal. That's what I'm here for. Period. Yet, other people,
3: yeah.
2: I'm not, I don't want to point fingers, but you know, other people, they're, they're just on announcing they're not going to do this on social media. Yet, that's not helping.
3: Oh, I need a break for this and that and the third. That's fine. But as I said last week,
2: If you honestly think, if you're seriously having a mental health situation, whether it be anxiety, whether it be panic attack or what, if you honestly think you taking a break is going to fix that, you are sadly mistaken. You have to put in work, additional work. Ask Sidney McLaughlin, ask Lamont Jacob. That's all I'm saying they they knew they knew what they had to do they're like you know what i don't want to do this because it is mentally taxing because it's a lot for you to ask me to kind of dig deep like that but if i really want to win this gold medal i have to be at my optimum level physically and mentally mm-hmm. but i'm going to do it i'm going to put in this extra work look at the results but yet, we're acting like, oh, there's no, there's no support for that. There's
3: no, there's, oh, don't, there's nothing.
2: Oh, no, there is. Ask those two. Really? Two that won the gold medal, and one of them broke her own world record.
3: That's all I'm saying. I'm
0: done. I definitely see that point. Coach K, what are you thinking about? Is this, um, equality
3: possible in sports?
4: The culturally appropriate answer will be, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, no. Because I don't – I just don't see female athletes getting the same level of criticism as, uh, like, male athletes. I mean, look at LeBron talk about like oh he quit on his team he quit on his teammates he did this he did that you know and like some I don't know I'm I'm not trying to equate that to like the Simone Biles I mean
3: I Same thing
4: with you know, Coach Natty T is saying about the women's soccer team. Winning bronze is acceptable, you know, but let it. I want to I want to see, see what. I actually, I want to see what happens if Team USA loses this this match against France. Man, I don't think
2: they will, happen. but they're not going to get that same treatment.
4: Because that's the if you want the. Because if you want the the like the same like amount of like equal pay and there and everything that you get everything that comes along with that, including like the uh, um, all the criticism, all the hate, good bad everything, and um, I don't know. I, I mean, some people might see my views being short sighted, but I just, I just don't, but like, you know, if, if me being a male, like criticize the, like Oberlin's blast, like the U S soccer team for not winning, like you can get labeled as like, Oh, he's just a sexist pig. or All these labels get attached. And, and then it becomes like an entirely different issue. It becomes like a, Yeah, so uh, for me, it would it would be good to do that, but I I I just don't see where it's possible, at least not in this age, because I
3: because I I think we're not
4: we haven't even eradicated racism in America, like let alone like trying to. Get to the point where we can everybody can be equal i mean if if the if i'm just if i'm just being honest so you might be one i
0: definitely um see y'all's perspectives on this i there's a, a of question because you could look at it from many different levels and layers mm-hmm. when it comes to that um equality no um, equity, perhaps, yes. I can see equity being a true reality for for sports, and so that you know, equity basically is taking everything into its proper context, context, and being able to maximize the opportunity so people have what they need. They may not all get the same things, but they have, depending on their varying levels of need, they have what was sufficient to to um, you know to contribute to that. So I, you know, just that's just looking at like, yeah, I don't think the WNBA is going to be able to ever bring in the same amount of money as the NBA. So and that's the pot. That's part, you know, of how you get the TV contracts, you know, how do you play your players, all that business type of infrastructure? I don't think it's ever going to get there. But can the pay be more equitable from the pot that they do have money with to pay the
1: WNBA players?
0: Yes, I think th- I think that's part of the problem there as far as the business structure. So equity, yes, is a problem. So uh, I do see you all's point about there is being completely objective and reasonable about what's happening. So you can say that, yes, you need to be getting paid more money. Absolutely. If you don't perform, to the caliber that we know you can perform as analysts, as people that critique sports every day, then we should be able to say that to you within the confines of the sport. That's not, you're not taking any type of, uh, of shots and, and making no fun of shots it. No personal shots. This is strictly in your game. Your game, right? So if LeBron doesn't come through, then we're going to say something about it. You know? If he does, then we're going to say something about it. And it should be that way for everyone within the context of the game and being uh, just with everyone and completely objective with that. And that is one of the issues, and I think, and the reason why I say it can't be equal is because sports is usually a reflection of the larger society, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have to then ask yourself the question, is society ever going to get to a point of equality? And if your answer to that is no, then your answer to sports also has to be no. Because they're so intertwined. Even though you may have glimpses of successes in sports that maybe you don't see in a larger society, by and large, it's a reflection of what you see. From... Black people not being able to eat in the same restaurants to Black people not being able to play in the same sports leagues, right? If they mirror of, of each other. So, and the same thing happens with women. Women getting paid less for working for a corporate company, also getting paid less for working for a sports team and having the same levels of success as their male counterparts, right? You see that happening. Uh, so unfortunately, I mean, look what happened with Washington Football Team. You know how long the Native Americans been asking for that name to be changed? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a sports situation that made them change their name. It was a situation outside of the context of sports, where then people within sports was like, all these businesses are making moves for diversity, equity, inclusion, whether they be out of a pure heart or out of a, you know, a. Uh, I'm pure heart. Nonetheless, they were making those moves. Washington said, we need to be one of those teams. We need to be one of those businesses as well. And then we saw Cleveland follow suit not too long, you know, just recently. So uh, baseball team. So I, yeah, I think we should be really not looking at equality in this context, but we should be looking at equity in the sports context. Unless we figure out somehow a way to get the same dollars within all of the sports, you know, so like you said, Coach Nighty T, I think our discussion of the infrastructure of college football is a good example of that. That you, I mean, look at ACC's contract right now, mm-hmm. and you have a couple talented teams in there. They're not as deep as the other, you know, some of the other conferences, but. I mean, to what you said, Coach K, the Big Ten isn't that deep either. <laughs> so, <laughs> which you have one that's in a bad contract, one is another. And so, you're looking at how can we make this equitable so people get what they need. They may not get exactly the same thing, but they're going to get what they need. Uh, and that's what some of this reshuffling, I think, is addressing that. So, how can we do that in each sport scenario, whether it be based on access, whether it be based on socioeconomics, whether it be based on gender, race sexual orientation, religion, whatever the case may be, how can we take those blueprints and bring them to the sports world? But it's not going to be equal. Nope. But it could be equitable. So that's 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 just kind of my my view on that. Um, I like it. I think it's
2: it's just a probably just more semantic to the verbiage, but you know, like I said, I just <laughs> I just hear that word get thrown around a lot and then I think about it, but I'm like, well can it be or are we really asking for something else Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and we (laughs) have to be able to identify that right right Right. in order to make any type of action items we have to be able to identify what we're asking
2: right yeah and i think and that and that's where i'm going yeah that that's kind of where i'm going
4: and, and for and for true equality i mean wouldn't we have to see like crossover like Some W, some like cross WNBA, NBA games. Or is that, or is that just being too like?
2: No, I mean, I, you know, we talked about it before, especially, you know, whether it's WNBA, whether it's women's soccer, um, you know, each of those sports are its own entity or its own business yeah. that's competing amongst the coll- the collective of sports entertainment so you kind of you know you have to eat what you kill essentially you know i hate to use that analogy but you know the nfl is the whale of the ocean (laughs) and everybody else kind of falls in line after that you kind of have to get in where you fit in in terms of the slots because from a consumer standpoint you know and i'm you know i'm probably going too over the head here but you know, there, there's there's only a certain amount of money allotted for sports entertainment. Then there's, you know, a quote-unquote just regular entertainment in terms of, like, movies and TV. Then there's, you know, news, which is part of media, right? So each of those buckets has its own sort of slot in terms of competing with us as a consumer, and where our dollar goes, that's within our wallets, right? Mm-hmm. If I have a hundred dollars, okay, knock off fifty dollars for life and you know everything else and bills and all that. Um you know, I'm gonna take another 20 out <laughs> for you know savings and whatnot. You know, and then I'm left with what $30. Okay, maybe that $30, that last $30 I have in my pocket, that's, and I'm just speaking numbers just to make it easy, but maybe that $30, okay. What am I going to spend my time on for that $30? I can't spend it on everything. So if I'm an NFL fan, it's like, yeah, that's my entertainment for, my $30 is just on the NFL. That's all I have room in my life for. Well, I'm an Ooh. avid sports fan, so I like football and basketball. So, okay, I'll do, I'll split that between two. I don't have time for women's soccer. I don't have time for baseball. I don't have time for men's soccer. So that's how you have to kind of think about it. You know what I mean? Like each, each sport, gender, non gender, everybody has their own slot, and you have to get in where you fit in. And if you want to move up that ladder, you know, I, there needs to be something that's transcendent about what your product is giving to the point where no matter who I am, I want to come see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for those that are in those bottom slots and trying to move up, that's the question that you have to answer and you have to figure out how do you capitalize on that? But if you don't have that transcendent part of what you're offering you're probably going to stay in that slot or you're probably going to drop down. That's just a sad reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well,
0: that was a great episode, fellas. That's it for us on the Coach's Box. Uh, on behalf of Coach Natty T, Real Coach K, and Coach Wake Up, and else Coach JP3, thank you for joining us on another episode. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Peace, y'all.